Hello and welcome to All Things Plantagenet. My name is Donnie Hazel and I am your host. To all my original listeners, welcome back. To all my new listeners, welcome. If you enjoy the podcast and wish to support this show, you can help support it by clicking on the support link in the description of any episode. I have also created a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the episodes for this podcast. There is also a link on the website to the Facebook page for All Things Plantagenet. Okay, so now on to the show. Well, Thomas Beckett, are you satisfied? Here I am, stripped, kneeling at your tomb, while those treacherous Saxon monks of yours are getting ready to thrash me. Me, with my delicate skin. I bet you'd never have done the same for me. But I suppose I have to do this penance and make my peace with you. Hmm. What a strange end to our story. How cold it was when we last met on the shores of France. Funny, it's nearly always been cold. Except at the beginning, when we were friends. We did have a few fine summer evenings with the girls. Did you love Gwendolyn, Archbishop? Did you hate me the night I took her from you? Shouting, I am the king. Perhaps that's what you could never forgive me for. Look at them lurking there, gloating. Oh, Thomas, I'm ashamed of this whole silly masquerade. All right, so I've come here to make my peace with their Saxon hero because I need them now, those Saxon peasants of yours. Now I'll call them my sons, as you wanted me to. You taught me that, too. You taught me everything. Those were the happy times. You remember, at the peep of dawn, when, as usual, we'd been drinking and wenching in the town. You were even better at that than I was. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
coming here. I'll lay my hands on her, the dirty slut. Where is he, the swine? You do don't you dare, don't you dare. <laughs> Rub harder, pig. I'm cold. Ah, no one does it the way you do, Thomas. Thank you. I think you actually like the cold. I made you a nobleman. Why do you play at being my valet? I'm your servant, in the council chamber or here in the bath. My Norman barons resent it. They feel it's your Saxon way of mocking their nobility. Nobility lies in the man, my prince, not in the towel. Have you any idea how much trouble I took to make you noble? I think so. I recall you pointed a finger and said, Thomas Beckett, you are noble. The Queen and your mother became very agitated. <laughs> They're always agitated. No, I'm in trouble from the barons. They hate you, you know. Of course, one always hates what one wrongs. When you Normans invaded England, you seized our Saxon land, burned our Saxon homes, raped our Saxon sisters. Naturally, you hate Saxons. Don't include me. It was my great-grandfather, William, who was called the Conqueror. I'm an old resident. I did not mean you, didn't you? You know, when I took you into my service, everyone predicted you'd put a knife in my back. Did you believe them? No. I assured them that you were a man of honor and a collaborator. That was accurate of you. How do you combine the two? My lord? Honor and collaboration. I don't try. I love good living, and good living is norm. I love life, and the Saxon's only birthright is to be slaughtered. One collaborates to live. And honor? Honor is a concern of the living. One can't very well be concerned about it once one's dead. You're too clever for me, Thomas. But I know there's something not quite right about your reasoning. Honor is a private matter within. It's an idea, and every man has his own version of it. How gracefully you tell your king to mind his own business. Time for the council meeting, my lord. Uh. Will my lord dine with me tonight? On gold plate? Always. 
I'm your king, and I eat off silver. Your expenses are heavy. I have only my pleasure to pay for. Tonight you can do me the honor of christening my forks. Forks? Yes, from Florence. New little invention. It's for pronging meat and carrying it to the mouth. It saves you dirtying your fingers. But then you dirty the fork. Yes, but it's washable. So are your fingers. I don't see the point. Well, it hasn't any, practically speaking, but it's refined. It's subtle. It's very unknown. Right. You must order me some. For my barons. I have enough forks to go around. Bring the gentleman with you tonight. I shall. We won't tell them what they're for. They probably think they're a new kind of dagger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. The council is open. Gentlemen, I've called you here to find out why a simple request for taxes causes such unpriestly caterwauling. My lord. We must come to an understanding about who rules this kingdom. The church? My lord, I wish to ask. Just a moment, Archbishop. The church or me? There are many troublesome issues between us which call for a reckoning. Amongst other abuses is the claim you make of judging your clergy accused of civil crimes in your own ecclesiastical courts. I warn you, there can be only one justice in this country, and that is the king's. But before we quarrel, here is some happy news. I have decided to revive the office of Chancellor of England, Keeper of the Lion's Seal, and entrust it to our loyal servant, Thomas Beckett. Yes, my little Saxon. My lord. Well, for once, I've taken you by surprise. My lord, this is a stupendous honor for which I may not be worthy. I'm uh, inexperienced in these matters and frivolous by nature. Rubbish. You know more than all of us put together. He's read books, you know. It's amazing. He's drunk and wenched his way through London, but he's thinking all the time, aren't you, Thomas? He'll checkmate the lot of you! Even you, Archbishop. I never did anything without your advice. No one knew it. Now everyone will. That's all. There. That's the great seal of England. Don't lose it. Without the seal, there's no more England. And we'll all have to pack up and go back to Normandy. May I crave leave to greet our young and learned friend? For I noticed him when he was first made Archdeacon. Thank you, Archbishop. But don't rely too much on Beckett to play your game. He's my man. I'd forgotten you were an Archdeacon, Thomas. So had I, my prince. Now to business. The law demands that every landowner send soldiers to give me service or pay a tax in silver. Is that correct? I have heard so, my lord. We are about to cross the channel to force Louis of France to return the Norman towns he has taken from us. I have received neither soldiers nor silver from you gentlemen for this war. But surely one must distinguish between the individual landowner and God's church. The law doesn't distinguish. But this has never been spoken of before. I've never been this poor before. Now I've made up my mind 
And I'm passing round the plate. Just drop in the money. Oh, my backside's sore. Daryl, count your blessings, sire. <clears throat> Don't know about Duke Thomas, but I'm starving. Have them bring us something to eat. The layman who shirks his duty and fails to supply his king with arms should pay the tax. Nobody will question that. <laughs> Least of all the clergy. On the other hand, a priest's duty is to assist his king with his prayers for godliness and peace. He cannot maintain men-at-arms without violating the very essence of that sacred function. Therefore, he cannot be held liable for the tax. Your priests fought well enough in the days of the conquest when there was booty to be had. Sword in fist, ropes in the saddle, death to the Saxon scum, it's God's will, it's God's will. Those violent days are over. The priest is back in his sanctuary. It is peacetime now. Then not for long. Pay up. I don't intend to budge. Come on, Chancellor, say something. Has your new title made you tongue-tied? May I respectfully draw to my Lord Archbishop's attention one small point? Respectfully, but firmly. Your Chancellor now. England is a ship. The King is the captain of the ship. That's neat. I like that. My Lord Chancellor, in point of fact, there is also a saying the captain is sole master after God. After God! Nobody's questioning God's authority, Archbishop. Well, certainly God protects the ship by inspiring the captain, but I've never heard that he determines the wages of the crew nor instructs the paymaster in his duties. God has more important business. Our young deacon's ambition has carried him away from the church. But he cannot have forgotten that what is important is revealed to man only through his church in the person of our Holy Father in Rome, his bishops and his priests. Or does the Chancellor think otherwise? True, there is a priest on board every ship. He gives God's blessings. For neither God nor the church ask him to take the wheel from the helmsman. My Reverend Lord, the Bishop of London, who I understand is the son of a sailor, surely cannot have forgotten that. <laughs> I will not allow personal insinuation to compromise the integrity and honor of the church. Please, Bishop, no long words. All that's at stake here is its money. I need money to fight the French. Will the church give it to me? Yes or no? My lord, your illustrious ancestor, William the Conqueror, granted these tax exemptions to the church. May he rest in peace. Where he is now, he doesn't need money. I'm still on earth, and I do. This is not primarily a question of money, Your Highness. This is a question of principle. I need troops, Bishop! I've sent for 3,000 Swiss to help me fight the King of France. And no one has ever paid the Swiss with principles. My Lord Chancellor, it is pointless to continue this discussion. The law has given us the means of coercion. We will use it. You! You owe everything to Holy Mother Church. Would you dare plunge a dagger into her bosom? My lord and king, who rules by the grace of God, has given me his seal with the three lions to protect. My mother is England now. Traitor! Saxon! My reverend friend, I strongly suggest that you respect my chancellor, or else I'll call my guards. Ah, here they are now.
Oh, no. It's only my snack. Now, gentlemen, if you will excuse me. At this hour in the morning, I need sustenance, or else I tend to feel weak. And a king must never weaken. I'm sure you will agree. I'll have it in my chapel. Then I can pray directly afterwards. Come on, Thomas, keep me company. He means it's time for the hunt. Not until we have eaten, my dear Bishop. the baron. Oh, they'll find us here. Hold this. Oh, I'm cold. I'm pretty. Well, sit on there. Has a good girl. Go on, get on there. Oh. I'm freezing. Get the fire going. There'll be no wood in this house. In the middle of the forest? These people are entitled to two measures of dead wood a year, one branch more, and they hang. My edict, your edict. <laughs> Come here, old man. We need firewood. Don't be afraid. a bit, but we could wash her. What would you think of it? Cleaned up a little. She's a child. What would it be like when it's a woman? How old would you say it was? Sixteen? Seventeen? Can't speak, my lord. How old are you? Eh? Of course he can speak. How old's your daughter, dog? Odd the number of dumb people I meet when I set foot out of my palace. I rule over a kingdom of mutes. They're afraid. Quite right, too. Don't stand there. Put the wood on the fire. Hello, pretty.
look at it. The odd thing is, it's so ugly that it makes such pretty daughters. You're a member of the family. Explain that. Well, at 20, before he lost his teeth and took on that ageless look the common people have, he may have been handsome, he may have had one night of love, one moment when he was a king and shed his fear. Afterwards, his pauper's life went on eternally the same. The moment faded and he forgot it all. The seed was sown. Will she grow ugly too? Surely. If we made her a whore and kept her at the palace, would, would she stay pretty? Perhaps. Then we'd be doing her a service, wouldn't we? No doubt. Ooh. Look at it. It understands every word. Stop staring at me, dog! Get me something to drink. I have some drink in my saddle. What's the matter, Thomas? Nothing. I'm getting you a drink. can't stand the sight of blood. My horse bit me. <laughs> That's too funny. My lord here makes us all look silly at the joust with his fancy horsemanship. He goes to his saddlebags and gets bitten like a groom. You look quite shaken, little Saxon. It's funny, I can't bear to think of you in pain. All this, just to get me a drink. Wounded in the service of the king. This deserves a gift. What would you like? This girl. I fancy her. It's very tiresome of you. I fancy her myself. And where that subject's concerned, friendship goes by the board. All right. She's yours. Thank you, my prince. But you will return the favor equally one day. At your pleasure. Equally. Favor for favor. You give me your word as a gentleman? I do. Right. She's yours. Shall we take her with us, or shall we have her sent? No, no, no. The uh, soldiers can bring her. Wash your daughter, dog, and kill her fleas. She's coming to the palace with my lordship here. He's a Saxon, too. So I hope you'll be pleased. Give him money, Thomas. I'm feeling generous this morning. Don't worry about your daughter. Nobody will come to take her away. I'll see to that. And tell your son he should stay hidden in the forest until he can 
handle the knife better. Here. Noisy brutes. You seem to spend a great deal of time in their company. No, I can forget it when I come to you. I'm happy that I can relieve you. Now, don't tease me tonight, Gwendolyn. I'm off to France again tomorrow. I am my lord's captive, whatever his purpose and whatever his mood. I hope so. It is God's will, since he gave the Normans victory over my people. And that's the only reason you're here? If the Welsh had won the war, I would have married a man of my own race at my father's castle. God did not will it so. All right. I'm sorry I was so late coming to you. But the king is demanding, and the barons have to be kept at bay. I'm lying. You are my lord, God or no God. If we had won the war, you could just as easily have taken me from my father's castle. I would have come with you, for you had taken my heart before you captured my body. Have I said something wrong? Somehow I can never support the idea of being loved. I told you that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, please. Sit. Uh, play something. Something sad. It helps the digestion. 
Caravitoli vita frano. Ah, sweet and melancholy. I Sit, Thomas. Witness one of my finer moments. I behave like a brute, but I'm as soft as swans down inside. You know, Thomas, sometimes I think that you and I are the only civilized men in England. I eat with a fork, and you've made me into a man of the most delicate sensibilities. Now, if you really love me, you should find me a beautiful, well-bred girl to give me a little polish. Favor for favor, do you remember? I am your servant, my lord. All that I have is yours. But you are also gracious enough to say, I am your friend. Yes, that's what I mean, as one friend to another. You do care for her, then. You do care about something. Or do you? Go on, tell me. Tell me if you care for her or not. I said favor for favor, and I asked for your word. And I gave it to you. Right. Well, that's settled, then. May I have a moment's grace? Surely, surely. After all, I'm not a savage. Did you promise me to him? No. I promised him anything he asked for. I never thought it would be you. If he sends me away tomorrow, will you take me back? No. I leave you this. You've almost learned to play it. You've not found anything in the whole world to care for, have you? No. We both belong to a conquered race. But you've forgotten that people robbed of everything can still have one thing left to call their own. Yes. Where honor should be, in me there is only a void. I loved you, Thomas Beckett. You are, Thomas. You'd forgotten her. But you told me that you fancied her, and I remembered. 
You see, I really am your friend, and you're wrong not to love me. Good night, sir. Shall I undress, my lord? Shall I undress? serve you faithfully. But what if one day he should meet his honor in truth, face to face? Where is 
its honor. Good morning, you gentlemen. I've just ridden from the town. I've arranged for its capitulation. Well, will there be loot? No, I want these people to collaborate with good grace. The French bishop will deliver the keys of the city to the king at eight o'clock in the cathedral. No fighting? What are we here for? To secure King Henry's possessions in France. You have three more towns to recapture. I'd rather sack the town and slaughter the lot. Yes, and have a dead city. Now I want to give the king living cities to increase his wealth. From dawn this morning, I'm the townspeople's dearest friend. And what of England's pride? England's pride, my dear Baron, is to succeed. What a mentality. <laughs> Chancellor of England. Who knows what he is? He's a Saxon. Saxon monk doing in France. They'll kill you, you know. I'm prepared to die. How old are you? Eighteen. Mm. Dying is easy at eighteen. Your knife stinks of onions like every proper little Saxon's knife. You used to be a Saxon. Now you belong to the Normans. Ah, I see. A Saxon knife for a Saxon collaborator. Did you think that by killing me you could liberate your race? No, not my race. Myself. From what? My shame. And yours. The Normans have occupied England for a hundred years since Hastings. Shame is an old vintage to the Saxon. Your father and your grandfather drank it to the dregs. The cup is empty now. No, never. What's your name? What is your name? John. Sergeant! Well, Brother John, I'm going to save your life has no importance for me, but it's very rare for fate to bring one face to face with one's own ghost when young. 
My lord? Have this monk returned to England to the custody of the abbot of his monastery. I want him treated without brutality, but carefully watched. Yes, my lord. My lord. Good morning, my lord. Oh, French wine. I had a little too much last night. It's their major contribution to civilization. Uh -huh. Here's another. <laughs> I must say I adore my French possessions. They're certainly worth recapturing. What's your name, my pretty? Name? Marie. Marie. Very French. French luxury is very luxurious. And for the moment, free. We take possession of the town this morning. Yes, I heard. You managed that very well, Thomas. Well, personally, I shall miss the fighting. Meanwhile, we have some business to discuss. I've been studying the dispatches from England. You love work, don't you? If you love anything. I love doing what I have to do and doing it well. You'd be as efficient against me as for me, wouldn't you? If fate had arranged it that way. So what in most people is morality, in you it's just an exercise in... What's the word? Aesthetics. Yes, that's the word. Always aesthetics. Yes. Well, now. Look at that. Isn't that aesthetic, too? Some people go into ecstasies over cathedrals, but that's a work of art. Look at it, round as an apple. Want her? Business, my lord. All right, business. Sit down. Listen carefully, Marie, to the droppings of the greatest brain of our day. <laughs> now, piecing together all the information I've received from London, there are some unpleasant deductions to be made. The power of the bishops is increasing like the pestilence. Soon it will rival your own. Talk sense, Thomas. Priests are always intriguing, but I can crush them any time I wish. If you don't crush them now, in five years' time there will be two kings of England, the Archbishop of Canterbury and you. In ten years' time there will be only one. It won't be me. I fear not. And to horse, Thomas! To horse! War on the clergy! Death to the Archbishop! My lord! I don't breathe! What are you doing down there? Spying for the clergy. Be off with you. Put on your clothes and go home. My lord, am I to come back to the camp tonight? Yes. No. I don't know. I'm thinking of priests now, not you. Go away. Wait. Gotta be sure of getting another one as good. Yes, come back tonight. You're adorable. <laughs> you must always tell them that, even when you pay. That's high politics, too. Only one. It won't be me. It won't be you. But what will God say if I attack his church? After all, they're his bishops. We must manage the church. 
One can always come to a sensible little arrangement with God. <laughs> Beckett, you're a monster. <laughs> you flatter me, my lord. But please, my lord, dress quickly. It's, uh, it's inelegant for conquerors to be late. <laughs> you're a monster! Dearly, these French. <laughs> so they should. We paid them enough. In that case, we should have found some that didn't dress out of a rag barrel. Look. The rich are at home, sulking. Supporters of King Louis of France? No, it just would have cost too much. That sounds real. Yes, we have soldiers disguised in the crowd to encourage enthusiasm. Why must you destroy all my illusions? Because you should have none, my friend. What do you see? Reality. Stop here! The bishop is waiting. As if it mattered what I do with a bishop whose city I've just taken. It matters. Am I the strongest or am I not? You are today. But one must never drive one's enemy to despair. It makes him strong. Gentleness is better politics. It saps virility. A good occupational force must never crush. It must corrupt. Make a note of the house. Oh, never mind! My lord, the bishop. Yes, papa. No, papa. William of Corbeil. Yes, sir. I hardly recognized you without a tankard covering your face. How did they pry you away from it? I had urgent messages from London for you, my lord. It seems that God is on our side after all, Thomas. What is that, my prince? He's just recalled the Archbishop of Canterbury to his bosom. That frail old man. He was the first Norman to take an interest in me. God rest his soul. He will. He will. And he'll be much more used to God than he ever was to me. Thomas? Is creeping into my mind. A masterstroke. I'm suddenly very intelligent. Probably comes from making love to that French girl last night. I'm subtle. 
I'm even profound. Oh, I'm so profound, it's making my head spin. <laughs> Are you listening to me, Thomas? I'm listening, my prince. We need a new Archbishop of Canterbury. I think there is a man we can rely on. No matter who it is, once the Archbishop's mitre is on his head, he will no longer be on your side. But if the Archbishop is my man, if Canterbury is for the king, how could his power possibly get in my way? But my lord, we know your bishops. Once enthroned at Canterbury, every one of them would grow dizzy with power. Not this man. This is someone who doesn't know what dizziness means. Someone who isn't afraid of God. I'm sorry to deprive you of the French girls and the other spoils of victory. But are you listening to me, Thomas? Hmm? You're leaving for England tonight. On what mission, my prince? You are going to deliver a letter to all the bishops of England. Mm -hmm. My royal edict nominating you, Thomas Beckett, primate of England, Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> Shut up. Thomas, I'm in deadly earnest. My lord. Don't do this. You have an odd way of taking good news. I should think you'd be triumphant. But I... I'm not even a priest. You're a deacon. You can be ordained priest and consecrated archbishop the next day. Have you considered what the Pope would say? I'll pay his price. My lord. This frightens me. I thought you had God in the palm of your hand, Thomas. I beg of you, do not do this. You've never disappointed me, Thomas. And you're the only man I can trust. You leave for England tonight. Beckett? Thank you for returning to us the keys of our city. The die is cast, Thomas. Make the most of it. And if I know you, I'm sure you will. There you are. 
Thank you, my lord. Thank you, my love. You're welcome. It will keep you warm. He'll only sell it for drink. Then that will keep him warm. Yes, Your Grace. No, not Your Grace. I will not be consecrated Archbishop until tomorrow. I'm sorry. Father. That is temporarily correct. You don't really intend to give away your winter cloaks. Everything. Has all the gold plate been sold? Yes, the money from the sales is in those places. Excellent. Bring me the rest of the money. But Your Grace, uh, I mean Father. Everything. Welcome to Canterbury, my Lord Bishop. Is anything wrong? May I ask what is happening here? Go sell all that thou hast and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. I doubt if the Lord Jesus meant that to apply to a chancellor about to be consecrated archbishop. Perhaps then it's a touch of vanity. A truly saintly man I know would never do all this in one day. Let us call it the clumsy gesture of a spiritual gatecrasher. Most clever. An archbishop who gives all so dramatically to the people would be most popular with them. Oh, no, Folliot. I'm simply enjoying all this. I'm beginning to believe he's not a sad god after all. Forgive me, I fear my inexperienced methods will never meet with your approval. I know that you cast the only vote against me. In the end, I gave way to the king's wishes. I don't blame your reluctance. As Bishop of London and senior churchman, you should have been Archbishop. Now, to have to consecrate me instead and place the mitre on my head... I have no choice. I'm only performing my function as Bishop. I see you still wear the seal of the King's Chancellor. Yes. I will continue to wear it. That and the Archbishop's ring. You do not find this inconsistent? No. God is best served when the two rest side by side in harmony. These excessive acts of humility will not compensate for subservience to the crown. Thank you. We are both aware of the delicacy of my position. Let us trust that God will find a solution for it. And now, since humility seems to be a little hard on the knees, I trust you will be comfortable under our roof, my Lord Bishop. Dear Lord, I wish there was something I really regretted parting with so that I might offer it to you. But forgive me, Lord, it's like going on a holiday. I've never enjoyed myself so much in my whole life. Thank you for listening to this episode of All Things Plantagenet. Remember, we also have a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com, where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the other episodes. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.